Welcome to this message from Shofar Christian Church. May you experience God's grace as you listen to this word being preached. Amen. Those of you who uh, want to follow with me in your Bibles, you're welcome to open up at uh, Philippians chapter 4. This morning I'm going to be sharing a bit about prayer. And uh, we, we just have a, a testimony um, about, about prayer. You see, God, God is, a, is a God who hears our prayers and who answers our prayers. And um, Tenji has a, prayer, has a, has a, has a testimony of um, how God um, answered a prayer for her last week when Tanya Amanda was here and Hannah and Amanda prayed for her, uh, maybe you can just share with us what, what, what the problem was and what happened, what God did. Praise the Lord. Um, it's good to be here. <laughs> Three weeks back, um, I went to Corey on the scan. Um, they told me that my baby was a bridge, so I was supposed to give birth through C-section. I came to church on Sunday Amanda prayed for me. Then I went back again on Thursday at the clinic. They told me that the baby is sitting on its normal position. So (laughs) I was so stressed. And after hearing that, I believed that there is nothing impossible with God. Thank you so much. Amen. You see, God loves us, and what concerns us concerns Him. Um, so in, in Philippians chapter 4, I'm just going to read the, the last sort of part of verse 5. It, it says, The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God, and the peace of God which transcends or surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. And um, there's a very simple scripture about prayer, but one of the most powerful ones in the Bible, I believe, and one of the most encouraging ones in the Bible. I just want us to start off, we, we all from time to time have concerns and things that make us anxious right? I just want you to close your eyes for a moment, and I want you to think of two things, one thing in your family and one thing in your work environment, say, that make you anxious. Just sort of think, search your heart. Maybe some of you don't think about these things often. Maybe you don't think about what concerns you or you feel anxiety, but you don't think about what makes you anxious. But just think about it for a moment and just make a note, a mental note, one thing in your family and, and one thing in your work environment that causes anxiety, that's a concern to you. Now, I just want you to listen to what I'm going to share this morning with, with those things that you've thought about that cause anxiety for you in mind. Okay? And in, in other words, I want you to, as you're listening to Scripture, apply to your own heart. Apply to the things that that concern you and that, that matter to you. So we, we get anxious when 
there are uncertain outcomes, things that are problems to us, things that are concerns to, uh, to us, and, and there are uncertain outcomes that, that, we, that, that we, we don't know what the outcome is going to be, and, and then we get concerned about it. And um, it's, you know, in some ways it's, it's, it, it mean, it's, it's good, a good sign if you have anxieties. Because if you have no anxieties, then it just means you don't care. <laughs> you know, so, so that would be a problem too. You know, if, if you have anxieties, at least it proves that you care. You know, there are things that you care about. There are people that you care, care about. There are situations that you care about that are important to you, but there are things that are not entirely right or, you know, possible outcomes, you know, that are uncertain and that you're battling with, that you're struggling with, that you're wrestling with, often it's things that we don't have control over. Often it's things that, sometimes it's things that we can do something about, but even if we do something, we're not guaranteed the outcome we want. So we're worried about the outcomes. And what this scripture says, if I can sum it up, is that there's a, now, I'm sorry, I'm going to use some mathematical language here. <laughs> There's a, the amount of anxiety that you experience about the things that you care about or concerned about, the amount of anxiety that you experience is inversely proportional. There's the mathematical word. Inversely, <laughs> inversely proportional to the amount of praying that you do. What that means is that the more you pray, the less anxious you're going to be. The less you pray, the more anxious you're going to be. You see, all of us have probably seen a dog eating a bone, right? Especially if it's one of those nice big bones. I don't mean a chicken bone that it just sort of crunches and, and swallows, you know, like a soft bone. I'm talking about one of those like a hard bones, big hard bone that it has to chew and chew and chew. And, and we, we say the dog worries the bone, right? I don't know if you've ever heard that. You know, uh, the phrase of a dog worrying a bone. And, and that means chewing, and, and then they lick it, and then they sort of turn it around, and then they start chewing again and licking, and, you know, and they're worrying the bone. And sometimes, you know, our concerns, we turn it into a worry bone. <laughs> and like dogs, we sit and we chew it, and we chew it, and then we turn it around, and we chew it, and we chew it. And then maybe at some stage we go and bury it. And then later we go and dig it up again, and then we start chewing it and chewing it <laughs> again. <laughs> and all of us tend to have these worry bones that we worry, you know, that we're anxious about, these concerns, these issues, these psychological bones that we chew. And what, what, what the Scripture says, what Paul says in the Scripture is we can either continue chewing your worry bone and be anxious about it, or you can take it to God in prayer. You see, the things that concern you also concern God because God loves you. And therefore, you can take the things that concern you to the one who is concerned about you and who can actually do something about it. Because, because we can talk about things that we have no control over, things where, we, where there are uncertain outcomes and where we cannot control the outcome. But with God, there is no such thing. There is no such thing as something that God has no control over. There's no such thing as a situation for which God doesn't know the outcome. You see, God doesn't share our human limitations. 
And therefore, we can either deal with our concerns in our human limitations and chew that worry bone, or we can take it to God, the one who does not have our human limitations and give it to Him. But then, of course, we mustn't take it back. We can take the bone to God like a good, metaphorically speaking, dog and put it at His feet and then go away. Or we, and, and then we can come back again and take the bone <laughs> and start chewing our worry bone again. Um, and prayer is the way in which we take our concerns to God. Uh, John Calvin said that prayer is the chief exercise of faith. I really like that. Prayer is the chief exercise of faith. So, we all have certain challenges. We all have certain problems. We all have certain concerns, things that cause us anxiety. And we can deal with them in a few different ways. One way is just to not care to bury the bone. Another way is to try and solve it ourselves. And even if you're competent enough and it's just something that is in your control and you can solve it yourself, if you feel, if you do it prayerlessly, even if you do solve the problem, it's not good for you because it creates the illusion that you can solve all your own problems or that you can Get by without God. There are so many people living in this world as though that is true. You know, if, if you look at places like Europe where, where, where society is, is relatively prosperous, for long times, you know, people have said, I don't need God. Honestly, you know, I can do everything for myself. My money can buy what I need. And, uh, you know, a lot of people feel like that. And, and when we manage to solve our problems, the ones that we do have control over, but we do it prayerlessly, it, it deceives us into thinking that we can get by without God when we can't. Because there are always problems. I mean, there are always some problems that we can solve. And by all means, we should do what we can do. We should always do what is possible so that, and, you know, and trust God for the impossible. But even when we're dealing with issues that we can do something about, we should still pray about it. We should still bring our concerns to God so that... When the problem is solved, we know it's not just us doing it, but it's God doing it in us and through us as well. Um, so Paul says, be anxious, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, make your requests known to God by prayer and petition. And notice the, 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 the very absolute language that he uses he says don't be he doesn't say be anxious for some things or don't be anxious about most things he says don't be anxious about anything but the only way you can not be anxious about anything is if you take everything to god in prayer there's a correlation between the anything and the everything i hope you see that because everything that you don't take to God in prayer, you will be anxious about. And Paul tells us, bring everything to God. And the way he says for us to do it um, is very interesting, and, and we must note this here, because I think this is very instructive. Firstly, he says, by prayer and petition. And then he says, make your requests, present your requests, or make your requests known, literally make your requests known to God. 
Um, if, he was talking, if he's talking about requests, petition means to, to request, to ask for something. So if, he, if he's only talking about requests, why, or specifically talking about requests, why does he say not only petition, but also prayer? What, what, what is prayer? Petition, obviously, is asking God, requesting, making a request, asking God for something, asking God for help or whatever. Prayer, uh, my favorite definition of prayer is by Tim Keller. He says prayer is the continuation of a conversation started by God. Okay, some of you need to write that down. <laughs> prayer is the continuation of a conversation started by God. In other words, prayer is talking to God. It's a conversation with God. Prayer is um, talking to God. And that means that, that it's something that grows with time. Because with any person, when you start talking to them, the conversation doesn't flow as well. Because you know, there's not a, a long history of conversation. But the more you talk, the more you listen and the more you speak, the more the conversation flows, the more the relationship grows, and the, and the more the conversation... Now, Prayer is like that. It's a conversation with God. So, so what he's saying here is, don't just bring your request to God. That's why he says prayer and petition. He says, bring your concerns to God and talk to God about them. Don't just tell God, this is what I want. As though you know what's best for you. Talk to God about your... Discuss them with God. So it's, it's, it's like... Those of us who have children, we know we don't just want our children to come to us and say, Mom, Dad, I need this. Give this to me. Or this is the problem and this is the solution. No, we want them to, to come to us and talk to us about it and say, okay, this, this is the problem I'm facing. And then we want to help them because they're children. They don't always know what's best for them. And likewise, spiritually speaking, we are children. And Isaiah 48 says, God says, I am the God who teaches you what's best for you. In other words, when you come and bring a concern to me, bring something that makes you anxious to me, don't just tell me what I should do. Don't just petition me. Talk to me about it. Allow me to talk to you. Get into conversation with me. And allow me to show you. Because maybe what you think you need is not what you need most. Or maybe what you think you need is not what you really need. Right? So, the first key to dealing with your anxieties is not just to, to, to not just come to God and tell Him the desired solution and desired outcome. Talk to Him about it. Step into conversation with Him and allow Him to talk to you and to show you maybe things that you don't know. But then also, as you're talking to God, as you're entering into that conversation with God, then do bring your request, your petitions to God, and say, God, this is what I need. But then do it humbly and say, God, please give me what I need. Please provide. Please give me what I ask for. Or give me something better. I'm trusting you. I'm not just trusting myself to know what's best for me, but I'm trusting you. And that's why it says, it's interesting. It says, Let your, present your request to God. Do it by prayer and petition. And then it says, with thanksgiving. Notice, it doesn't say wait until you've received an answer to prayer before you give thanks. Because it seems the wrong way around. Usually you only, give thank you for, you only say thank you for something once you've received it. But here, the thanksgiving is supposed to accompany the request. 
the petition before you even receive the answer. So why would you thank God with your request before you receive an answer to your request? Why would you do that? Well, two reasons. And they're very closely related. The first reason is because you trust God. Because when you bring your request to God, you, you, you entrust it to Him and you trust Him. So that you can give thanks as though God has already answered your prayer while you're giving your prayer, while you're making your prayer. See, that's what faith does. It, because God is faithful, He can only be faithful. He can only... And there are so many promises in the Word. I, I mean, I'm not even going to mention all of them, but, but so many promises that say, says, whatever you ask for in my name, Jesus says, it will be done for you. So God can only be faithful to His promises. And when we bring our requests to Him, when we, bring, when we pray to Him, He can only answer them. And we treat Him as He is, faithful. And therefore, when we bring the request, we can already say thank you. But we don't only say thank you for the answer to the prayer, as though what we're really trusting is our own wisdom to ask for the right things. We're thanking God for what He's going to do in answer to our prayers. Because you see, God always gives us what we ask for in prayer or what we would have asked for if we knew what He knew. You know, it's God always gives us what we ask for in prayer or something even better. And we thank Him for that. Because whenever you pray, you can know that God will give you what you ask for or something better. Because if He says no to your request, then it, it's because He wants, He has something better for you. And in other words, there's always to thank, something to thank God for when you pray. Either you're going to get what you ask for or you're going to get something better. And you know that beforehand, so you can give God, so you can thank God for it. Do you pray with that kind of faith? Because the reality is, it's, everyone prays. Even people who don't believe in God pray. When, when things get bad enough and, and things are out of people's control, they, 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 you know, it, almost everyone will shoot up a prayer. I, I, they, they've, done, they've actually done um, you know, surveys about this. And they found that everyone prays at some stage. Even people who publicly and adamantly say, I don't believe in God. I don't believe there's a God. I'm an atheist or I'm an agnostic or whatever. I believe there's no God. Even they admit that they sometimes pray. <laughs> because the reality is in our human condition, there are certain things that we just don't have any control over. And our knee-jerk reaction when we're in a situation that we cannot control is to pray. So everyone prays and but not everyone's prayers are effective. You see, we must pray in faith. And that's why it says, bring your prayers, bring your concerns to God by prayer and petition, but with thanksgiving to show that you really trust God, that you trust Him to answer your prayer, but that you also trust Him to answer your prayer with what is best for you. Okay. So I want to give you just this practical tip, when you pray, because, and this is not my practical tip, this is Paul's practical tip, include every request, every petition should have a thanksgiving shackled or tacked onto it. 
If you cannot give thanks for what you requested, then it's usually because you're not asking in, in faith. Because you're not really trusting God. And if, you, if we can just have this practical habit of tacking a thanksgiving onto our request, then we'll be able to pray with much more faith. It's just a, a very simple but very practical piece of advice in terms of prayer. Um, Here's a, a bit of a question, though, that this raises. He says, let your request, and, and the literal in the Greek, it, it says in the NIV, present your request to God. But literally in the Greek it says, let your request be made known to God. And you might ask, but hang on. Doesn't God know everything? <laughs> Isn't God omniscient? Isn't He all-knowing? Why must I make something known to someone who knows everything? Have you ever thought about that? It's just me who thinks about those things. <laughs> Some of you are like, it's, it's just you, Annie. It's like, <laughs> I never think about it. Why must you make something known to someone who really knows everything? And, and of course, the, the whole issue of prayer, if God already knows our needs, why do we even have to ask Him for it? And once again, it's, in order to show our dependence on Him, to show our trust in Him, to show that we are His children, He's our Father, we depend on Him. It's, it's more for our sakes than for God's sake, but God has set up His will in such a way that He uses our prayers as part of His will. He has ordained it in such a way. In other words, it's like, um, I don't know... Um, Say, I, I remember when, when, when we were young, Harry and I, my brother Harry and I, we, we used to sometimes uh, uh, help our dad. Harry was especially good at it. I was, he, he, he hogged all the practical genes, you know. <laughs> so I got none of them, you know. But uh, we, 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 we sometimes help uh, our dad. And, and, and many dads sort of will, will, you know, part of being a dad is you, you allow your, your, your sons, your children to help you because it's part of the learning process. Now, initially... Children, they don't know how to help. They don't know how to use the tools and so on. It's actually more effort to allow them to help you than it is to just do it by yourself. But why do you allow them to help you, you know, fix the cupboard or the car or whatever it is? It's not for your sake. It's for their sakes. Okay? And that's why God allows us to participate in the accomplishment of His will through our prayers. Not because He needs our prayers. Because He doesn't. He can do whatever He wants to all by Himself. But because we're His children, He wants to involve us in His will. And He says, come, pray to me. Make your request known to me. I want to use your prayers to accomplish my will. Um, so... We make known to God our requests not because He doesn't know them, but because we want to confess our dependence on Him and acknowledge to Him how much we need Him um, in our lives. Now, what does Paul say is the result of this? When we, by faith in God, trusting Him, not only that He'll answer our prayers, but that He knows what's best for us and that He'll either give us what we ask for or something better— by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, bring our requests. 
make our request known to God. What is the result of this? Verse 7 tells us, and the peace of God that surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Now, who doesn't want that? You see, anxiety in this sense is the opposite of peace. Anxiety is that which steals our peace. Anxiety is that which corrodes and takes away our peace. And the result of praying, when we let those anxieties, those concerns, when we bring them to God and lay them down before Him in prayer, when we stop chewing the worry bone or burying it for later chewing, but give it to God and allow Him to deal with it, or to tell us how, how He wants us to deal with it, then, then we release that concern to God. And then He deals with it, and then we can have peace. We, we, when we release the concern to God by faith, we also release the anxiety, and God can allow His peace to God. And that's why it's called the peace of God. So it, it's, it's not the peace of self. It's not the peace of just competence. It's not the peace of the world. It's not the peace of not caring. It's the peace of God. It's the peace that comes from God and from trusting God. Okay? The peace of God. And then it says that transcends all understanding. Now, this is important. Literally what it means is it, it transcends all thinking. Okay? The peace of God that transcends all, surpasses all thinking. Here's the thing, and I, I want you to get this. Because usually when we have problems and concerns, what do we do? We think about it. And some, sometimes when you think of it, and, and I'm not, by all means, I'm not saying you shouldn't think about it. The Bible actually says we should think about our problems. We should use understanding and wisdom and discretion and discernment and all those kind of stuff. So those things aren't bad. But here's the thing. You can pray yourself out of anxiety that you cannot think yourself out of. Listen to me. Listen to me. Because many of you are very smart. And we, smart people tend to think we can think ourselves out of problems. And yes, you can think yourself out of certain problems. That is true. But there are certain problems you're not going to be able to think yourself out of. You're going to have to pray yourself out of it. And even, <clears throat> even problems that you can think yourself out of, you should pray about them too. Because the peace of God that comes is not just a, a peace that, okay, I understand the problem now, I know how to solve it. It's a, it's a peace that transcends understanding, that surpasses understanding. In other words, you don't have to understand the problem to pray about it, for God to solve it. For you to solve it, yes, you might have to understand the problem, but you don't even have to understand the problem to be able to bring it to God. And Sometimes God will give you a peace that you think, why am I so at peace? Why am I so rustig? What's wrong with me? <laughs> why am I not anxious? Why am I not fretting? Why am I not, you know, getting heart palpitations about this? This is serious. And yet you're at peace because you've given it to God and you trust Him. And the peace that He gives you surpasses your understanding. And in the midst of a storm, even when the storm has not yet been silenced, you can already have peace. Because you know my God is in control of the storm. He can just speak a word and say, peace be still, and the storm will be still. But even if he chooses to not speak the word, it's because he has a good reason to do it. I can trust him. I'm, I'm okay. It's a peace that surpasses understanding. It surpasses our thinking. You can pray yourself 
out of anxiety that you cannot think yourself out of. So often we think too much about the things that concern us, or we, th- we, we think so much that we forget to pray. The thinking is not the problem. It's the not praying that's the problem. Um, <clears throat> so the peace of God. And then it says, the peace of God that surpasses all understanding will do what? God, your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. It doesn't say, will fill your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. It says God. The, the word God is a military term. Right? It's, it's a military term. It's a, it's a term, you guard something that you want to protect. You guard something when someone else is attacking it. Do you notice that? Do you notice what that means? The implication is that when you are anxious about things, you are being attacked. We don't always realize this. We forget this. We forget that there's a whole spiritual realm and the devil is out there and he likes kicking us when we're down and he likes attacking us where we're weak and he likes to cause all kinds of problems, to aggravate the problems that are already there. So, when we are anxious about things, when we're worrying about things, when we're fretting about things, it's an opportunity for the devil to attack us. But the peace, when we pray, when we bring those requests to God, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, and we release them by faith to Him, then the peace of God comes and stands God over our hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus and protects us from the attacks of the enemy. Because you can say to the devil who's insinuating, ah, you know, this is still a problem and this is never going to work out right and there's nothing you can do about it and blah, 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 blah. You can say to him, be quiet. I've already done what I can do. I've brought it to God. I'm already doing what I can do. I'm doing the, the possible, but I'm trusting God for the impossible. And when God tells me to do something extra, I will obey him and I'll do that. I'm not going to worry about this. Because think about this. Does worrying about the problem change the problem? then why worry? You know, I I heard someone say once, you know, if there's a problem, you can do something about it, then do something about it. If you cannot do something about it, worrying doesn't change it in any case. But praying does. So you see, for Christians, there's always something we can do. We can always pray. And and when we do pray, when we do trust God, then, then He Himself and His peace comes to guard our hearts. Um, our, our feelings, our thoughts, our emotions, our will. He stands God over us and protects us from that anxiety and from the attacks of the evil one who wants to exacerbate those anxieties. You see, a lot more happens spiritually when we pray than we realize. Because prayer is such a simple act, we almost always underestimate it and underestimate the effects of it. Because you see, the prayer, the result of prayer is not proportional, there's that mathematical term again, (laughs) to the effort of the prayer or the strength of the prayer. You see, it's proportional to the strength of the one to whom we pray. Your faith and your prayers are only as effective as the object of your faith. 
and the one listening to your prayers. And He is almighty. Now, just in closing, the reason why we can do this is because, and that's why I read that last portion of verse 5. You see many translations translate it as the Lord is at hand or the Lord is near, the coming of the Lord is near, in other words, um, you know, chronologically. But I, I don't see the connection between what precedes, you know, because he's, he's talking about let your gentleness be known to all. The Lord is near. I mean, what's, what's the connection with, with that? I, I think the Lord is near. Remember the, the verses and the verse numbers were, were, were put in later on. It's not part of the original biblical text. And I, I think someone put in, you know, a division between the Lord is near and do not be anxious. Where I, I think the Lord is near should have been part of verse 6 if you want to divide it into verses. Because I think what Paul is giving us there at the beginning, the Lord is near and at the end, in Christ Jesus, is the basis upon which we can pray and have confidence. It's because when we're in Christ, He's near to us. He is as near as the whisper of our voices. He's as near as us crying out to Him. He's as near as us calling to Him and Bringing our request. He's as near. And it's like when a little baby cries out because they have a wet diaper or because they're hungry or because they're tired or because they're feeling sick. They cry out. And, and the mom and dad hear that. And they come running. And, and God is, is not even that near. He's even nearer than that to us. And because through the gospel, because we're in Christ, because... Here's the thing. I mean, the reality is um, that if God is fair and God is just, then he should only grant requests that are righteous and request by those that are righteous. And I was requests that are right and requests by those who are right with him. Because if he starts... If people rebel against him, then he shouldn't re- grant their requests. It's not just. And yet he grants our requests, even though we fail him very often, and even though we sometimes rebel against him. He grants our requests. How can God be just and grant our requests when we're not perfect? And we don't ask for what he's always asked for what is right. And the answer is very simple. Because God, by his grace, has put us in the one who is perfect. In Christ Jesus, that last phrase. In Christ Jesus. He has put us in Christ Jesus. And he's put us in the one who deserves all his prayers to be answered. And because we're in the one, in covenant with the one, who, whose prayers deserve to be answered, our prayers get answered as though they are his prayers. And God is near to us as he is near to Christ. See, that, that's the gospel, that, that we get what Jesus deserves because Jesus got what we deserved. That's the good news. So the good news of the gospel is that you don't get what you deserve. <laughs> and that really is good news. And, and, and the good, what that means for prayer is you can ask with a confidence that you would have asked with if you were Jesus. Think about that for a moment. 
Because that's applying the gospel to your prayer life. When you ask in Jesus' name, and for Jesus' sake, you can ask with a confidence you would have had if you were Jesus. Because that's how God sees you, in Jesus. Do you ask with that confidence? I know I don't always. (laughs) I forget. (laughs) And I don't always ask with that confidence. In fact, if I'm honest with myself, I probably rarely ask with that level of confidence. I think that's something you have to grow in. Okay, I just want to get practical just for the last few seconds. All of these things, I mean, what I shared now is we all have the problem of things that we're anxious about. We, the solution God gives us is that by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, we can, by faith, bring our requests to Him, make them known to Him. The result is that not only will He answer our prayers and give us what we ask for or something better, but His peace that surpasses all understanding will guard our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. And, and the basis of that is the infallible gospel. If that is true about prayer, if prayer is that great a thing to do with such amazing results, then why don't we pray more? I I think the first reason is because we don't realize how great prayer is. But the second reason is a more practical reason. Sometimes we just don't make time. Isn't that so? Sometimes we just don't make time. So I want you to take out your phone, take out your smartphone, And if you haven't already done so, I want you to schedule a daily appointment with God where you can talk to Him. Remember, if prayer is the continuation of a conversation started with God, then you need to make time for that. And and yes, remember that it's the continuation of a conversation. So you can pray any time of the day, but I think you should have dedicated prayer time. A time that is set aside daily just for prayer. I mean, Jesus ex- clearly expected us to pray daily because he said when part of your prayer should be give us this day our daily bread. So he expects us to pray daily. Do you make time to pray daily to God? If, you haven't al- if you've already done so, great, well done. If you haven't put it in your calendar, put it in your calendar now. If you haven't already done so, I want to invite you to, to at l- make at least half an hour a day somewhere in your day where you know you won't be interrupted, to just pray to God, to just have a conversation with Him, just, or to continue the conversation with Him. Because right now, through His Word, He's speaking to you. And prayer is just when you respond. So, make that appointment. Make it a daily appointment. Put it on your calendar. Put it on your whatever app you use to remind your stuff. And then I just want you to close your eyes and pray and just You see, one of our biggest concerns is the concern or the anxiety that we don't pray. Or the concern because we don't pray. So I want you to bring that concern to God now. I want you to bring it to God and say, God, I don't pray as much as I want to. And I don't pray with as much faith as I want to. Please help me. This is my request that I'm making known to you now by prayer and petition. With thanksgiving. (laughs) Please help me in my prayer life. And please help me to keep this appointment I've just made with you. Yes, Father God, we just 
Lord, confess, Lord, that Lord, there are so many things that we don't pray about, that we don't discuss with you, that we don't make known to you or bring to you. And then we carry those heavy burdens ourselves, Lord. Sometimes we don't talk to you about our work situation as though as though we know more about than you do about engineering or schooling or carpentry or whatever it is that we do, Lord. As though we, we know more than you do about marketing or media. As though we know more about than you about technical matters and science. As though we, we know more about than you do about sales. Lord, thank you, Lord, that, that we can bring everything to you in prayer. Lord, and we just pray, Lord, that you'll help us to do that, Lord. We just consecrate ourselves to you and we, we pray, Lord God, we, we admit that there are so many burdens that we carry unnecessarily just because we haven't brought them to you in prayer. Please forgive us and please help us. Please teach us, Holy Spirit, to bring everything to you in prayer and to be to not be anxious for anything, to just entrust everything to you. Lord, we, we want to pray and obey. We don't just want to pray as though there's, there's nothing we have to do, but whatever we do, Lord, we, we want to obey out of a place of having prayed. Please help us with that. And please help us to walk in your peace. That surpasses all understanding. Your peace that boggles the mind. Please help us to experience that peace even, even while we're in the midst of the storm. Please help us, Lord, to not dig up the old worry bones that we've buried and to chew them again and again and again. Help us to bring them to you in prayer and to entrust you with it. In Jesus' name. Thanks for listening to this message from Shofar Joburg. May the grace you receive produce God's greatest glory and your greatest good. For more information and sermons, please visit our website at www.shofar.joburg.com.